Hey guys, Ed from Paranormal Link Ohio here, back at it again with another podcast episode. Tonight's podcast episode is about the Velisca Axe Murders. And I have all new equipment. I have a new soundboard, I have a new microphone, so I'm trying this out for the first time. And I just want to see how you guys think it works. Like, it sounds good. If it does, cool. If it doesn't, let me know. Because I really want this to work out. And it's got all sorts of crazy sounds on it, and I can change my voice and all this other stuff, so... You know, maybe we'll use that one day in the future for something else. But for now, I'm using it for a better podcast experience for you guys. It should drown out all the background noise and everything else like that. That way you guys don't have to hear that crap again. So, without further ado, we are going to go right into the episode. And again, with every episode, I do my research online and through books and try to find everything out that I can about, you know, what I'm talking about. So, let's get right into it. Villisca, Iowa, a small town about an hour away from Omaha, Nebraska, and two hours away from Des Moines, Iowa, in the summer of 1912, a mass murder rocked this town of less than 2,000 people and spread fear throughout the homes of Midwest families for years and years and years. In Villisca, crimes and violence were the last things on the minds of the individuals living there. Doors were left unlocked, neighbors were always friendly, and everyone knew one another, in some way. This all changed after the morbid deaths of eight individuals at the home of Joseph, or Josiah and Sarah Moore. So, I'm going to go deeper into that. <clears throat> Let's talk about how they were killed, and we'll say, we'll find out who was killed. So... These were the people that were all killed. Josiah the father, Sarah the mother, and their children. Herman Montgomery, Mary Catherine, Arthur Boyd, Paul Vernon, and two visiting girls, Ina May and Lena Gertrude Stillinger, were all killed viciously one night by a still unknown murderer. He came into the house, and one by one, he brutally killed them. He either hit them with the front of the axe, the sharp end, or he bludgeoned them to death with the blunt end of the axe. They found the little girls who were between the ages of, it went from like 5 to 12. Uh, they found a 12 year old and they found one of the younger girls completely naked on their stomachs. And But thank God <clears throat> they were not violated. At least <clears throat> back in those days that's, you know, what they found out with their testing. They don't have the things that we have. You know, they didn't have the things that we have today. But they also found... This is the weirdest thing ever. When I when I research this stuff, and I find this stuff out, I'm just like... The depravity of people... Depravity, I mean, of people, and just the absolute insanity of psychopaths is just, it's just insane. You know, he, he brutally killed these people, and possibly essayed, you know, the girls... But yet they found a pound of bacon that they know he used to penetrate and to get himself off with the bacon. So the detectives and everybody came up with the conclusion that he was having intercourse with the bacon while he looked at the young girls um, after they were dead. And he bludgeoned their faces in so bad that their, call, their skulls were caved in 
and the only thing you would see would just be a hole where the face should be and brain matter and blood and he just went to town on bacon while looking at dead bodies um he murdered Josiah and Sarah with, with just, just chopped them up bludgeoned them and the other children he did the same he just chopped them up bludgeoned them and just choked them beat them whatever he wanted to do to them and after he finished murdering these people detectives found cigarette butts in the house and a plate of half eaten food that nobody smoked in that house so it had to be the killer he made he sat down after killing all these people and fornicating with bacon while looking at these little girls and he ate he he was hungry and he ate a meal and then he smoked a cigarette and he sat there and then he left how you could just do that to all these people all these innocent people and then just be like man I'm hungry man, I think I'm going to make a sandwich and then you know what that was a good sandwich I think I'll have a smoke and then I'll leave I just, I just don't understand and this was in the wee wee hours of the morning I think it was like 2 in the morning one, 1, 2 or 3 in the morning when this happened and he got away like they could not find him but they had their list of suspects and let me tell you about these suspects this is going to rock your world um yeah the, the one suspect was Reverend George Kelly a reverend a reverend back in those days they were considered you know just the highest of the high because they're the people of God well they had him in their sights because he asked a lot of questions about the murder he would even go to the house and help them investigate and he would ask questions and he knew some things about the murders that nobody else would know but and he, he was let go and he was considered not the killer then there was Frank F. Jones and Frank Jones was a high member of society a high member of society and they signaled him or singled him out because he was he had a bad tip with Josiah all these guys had a bad tip with Josiah so just about every one of these people would want to kill him or and his family members and it wasn't nothing it wasn't nothing major it's just over some stupid stuff like money or something like that and so the list goes on and these are some some well-known people William Mansfield and this guy named Loving Mitchell Paul Mueller and Henry Lee Moore now Henry Lee Moore is not related to Sarah and Josiah Moore so these they had all these people in their sights and uh, the, like the big ones was Reverend George Kelly and Frank F. Jones and William Mansfield those three in particular were you know sought after the most because you know one had a criminal background and then one was a high up member of society and one was a reverend they couldn't just understand why it happened so they searched and they searched and they searched and they searched and searched they had no evidence on any of these people and they never really found out they, they had thoughts that maybe the killer jumped the train and just left town and that was just the end of it. So that's just a brief backstory of the 
of the murders itself. Now, let's get into the paranormal aspect of it. Uh, I, I found some different people's testimonies, and, you know, they want to remain anonymous, so what and they, they were asked like did you experience anything in the house and one person said I would describe being at the house as heavy creepy and informative the tour guides were very forthcoming with the information and facts about the house you can definitely feel a sense of sadness when you enter the front door another person said my experience can be described as informative spooky and fun it was so cool to learn about what happened at the house. I understand how a whole family being murdered was cool, but that's that's me, I guess. Even if you don't experience any paranormal activity, the crimes the crime committed makes it a spooky house in general. It would be a good place to visit if you are a true crime fan, and that's true. You know, I'm a true crime fan. I like true crime uh, shows, and documentaries, and books, and so it like peaks on both sides of the world for me like my paranormal side and my true crime side but I would not sit here and say that it was cool like reading this stuff I, I, I didn't one time say man this is cool this is awesome like I, I literally said holy shit this is this is kind of fucked up and oh I probably shouldn't have cussed I'm sorry guys like this is kind of messed up and these poor people, oh my god, those poor children. So when I read this guy's experience, like, it just, it, it baffled me. So, and, so it goes on, another person said, absolutely, for the entire tour, I felt like there was someone watching me. Just had that feeling of eyes on, my, on the back of my head, and it made me get goosebumps. My friends and I were also lucky enough to get some male and child voices on an EMF recorder. There were also some distinct footsteps heard in the attic upstairs. It was really creepy. Now, it, it is. It is well known that you will get children's voices inside the Villisca house. Um, and they also say that the spirit of the murderer is inside the house as well. So you got to think about it. all these people are trapped in this house. The murderer, the, the, the all the people that died in this house their energy and everything still is there I can understand where you'd get this weird creepy dark feeling because you're inside this place where something majorly bad happened and it was just horrible everything that that man did was just absolutely horrible and those people did not deserve any of it and that stained the land there the house and everything for fraternity for years to come and it trapped the killer in there. I think that he was trapped there because that was his punishment. He is now going to spend eternity in this house where he just destroyed so many lives. So, then the questions came about, is it different at night? Did anything crazy happen at night? Those were just day, like daytime tours. Now, these are experiences from people that did nighttime tours and private investigations at night in the Villisca Axe Murder House. So one person said, I did. At nighttime, it feels like there is just so much more energy in the house. Paranormal activities seem to occur at every hour. It was almost impossible to sleep because of how creepy it felt in the dark. Not that any of us wanted to sleep. We were all too excited to catch evidence of ghosts. And 
that 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 is very very true. I mean, when I go on these ghost hunts and these investigations, I don't want to sleep either. Like honestly, I don't. And you do get tired. I, I have fallen asleep. Uh, I will admit that I fell asleep at one investigation, um, and that was just because I didn't prepare for it good enough the day before. I didn't do the right sleep like I usually do. If I have an investigation that's going to be all night long, I sleep. I stay up all night two days before, and then I sleep all day of the day of, and then I get up when it's time to go. Like, I used to work third shift. I get that. Nobody ever gets used to it. Never. But it's good to have some type of sleep. But I remember that day I went to work, and I worked all day. I worked a 10-hour shift, and then I came home and did housework and, you know, played with the kids and stuff, and then I left and went to this investigation. And I'll tell you what, I, I, I passed out. Like, I was tired. Like, I... I was tired. But anyway, um, the Velisca house, like they say you hear children's voices, children crying. They say you can hear the killer's voice saying, I killed them. Like everybody always gets an EVP recording of I killed them. And children saying, help me, please help me. And children crying. Um, a lot of people go inside the house and they can't stay in there very long because it's just too much. Their body just wants to shut down. They get very ill, very sick, very nauseated. And they have to get out of the house. Like, the only way to fix it is to get out of the house. So, that's what they do. And to this day, you can still get tours done there. Um, you can still go through the house, and you can get the paranormal activity for yourself. The evidence that you need to get. I mean, I would recommend doing it. And Velisca Axe Murder House is very, very giving with the evidence. You will not miss a thing especially at night. You will not miss a thing. It is very worth it if you have to drive far away because I live far, 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 far away. And it's it's just, it's it's worth it. Um, it is very haunted. I believe the land is stained, the house is stained because of all the horrible things that happen. So, I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's episode. I hope that the audio sounds better than what it did before. And remember, you can go to ParanormalLinkOhio.com. There you can look at some of the crystals and the sage bundles we have for sale and the jewelry we have for sale to go with it, whether it be necklaces, bracelets to go along with the crystals. Um, and you can check out some old investigations. Uh, you can check out some old ghost stories that we put on there. You can check out... And a ghost story is, is a true paranormal event that has actually happened. And I just... I, I tell the story of it. Whether it be investigations that I've been on, which a lot of them are, and then there's investigations that some other people have told me about because they don't want to come out themselves and say that they did it because they're afraid of the backlash. I myself don't care. You can call me a weirdo. You can call me crazy, whatever. I don't care. I'm, st- I'm going to do this the day I'm dead. You know, I started doing this in 2005, and I'm not, and I'm not going to... And I had experiences back when I was a kid, so I'm not going to stop. I don't care. So I'll tell your story. Like, if you have a story that you want told and you don't want to do it because of the stigma that comes with it. I completely understand. I'll either do the story with you and you can get it out with me, or I'll do the story for you. So, so you can go there. Then you can go to Paranormal Link Ohio on TikTok. There, I put some old podcast episodes, uh, some new stuff. Uh, a lot of stuff coming up is going to be on TikTok and Facebook. And of course, it's always going to be here on the podcast. You know, I love each and every single one of you. And the support you guys give, the love you guys give, is just awesome. It is amazing. Again, you can subscribe to me here on Spotify for podcasters of Spotify. 
Uh, it's only $2.99 a month. You get some behind-the-scenes footage. You get uh, access to shows that are not put on regular podcast times. Uh, they're uh, definitely for members-only podcasts. And you have a chance to have Q&As with me. We can do podcasts together. You know, you can come on the show. We can talk about your your incidents. And I, you know what? You know, I'm going to hold that for everybody. You don't have to be a member to do that. If you want to come on the podcast and you want to tell your story, you don't have to be a member to do that. But when you become a member, you get all the other things I, I said. You know, the behind-the-scenes footage, the podcast episodes that don't come out for the free stuff, and it's, it's just a lot more to it. But like I said, if you don't want to subscribe, you don't have to. Um, you know, there's always the free stuff. I'm always going to do free podcasts. I'm always going to do that. And <clears throat> I love it that you guys keep coming here. And, you know, to be honest with you, I hate saying, hey, you can subscribe to me for $2.99. Because I'm not really in it for the money. But, you know, people got to do what they got to do. And I enjoy making the jewelry for you guys at ParanormalLinkOhio.com. I enjoy getting the crystals that you guys want. Um, I enjoy doing all that. So... Plus, the memberships help with things like equipment and getting able to go get these crystals and to get the equipment that I need to do the jewelry and to get the, you know, the funds to go to these investigations and things like that and so on and so forth. So, I'm going to stop rattling my brains off to you guys. I love you guys so much. Thank you so, so much for checking out tonight's episode. And I hope the audio sounds good again. And you will hear from me tomorrow night. Thanks. Bye, everyone.